my calculations are correct, when this baby hits 88 miles per hour, you're gonna see some serious shit. It's Geek Stuff, TNG. What the fuck is a reboot? We're gonna be rolling out a lot of new things. Where the stars in this piece of shit? Oh, are you? I am the sandwich. No one of consequence. You can find me on Xbox at Fat Dumbledore. <laughs> you know what keeps going through my head? Where's my sandwich? I am Monty. Excellent. You're crushing my soul and giving me a headache at the same time. There'll be food and drink and ghosts. Show me what you got. Is it too late to say that I, I kind of don't care for Star Wars? You can say that Dream. and find your way out the door. <laughs> the force is strong with this one. And I am Big Kev. Hail to the king, baby. Yo, that kid Monty is fired. I have Amigo Isis action figure. Ah, uh, mighty Isis. And here we go. So I'll say this much. Uh, I think I have now combed the, uh, the interwebs, the YouTubes, for every single version of a Mandalorian intro cover um, that there is to be. I mean, we've done, I think, country. We've done rock. We've done, we're doing metal today. But uh, all in all, I think, I think it's kind of worth it, you know? I mean, I, I like the cover songs. I like the – it's like changing it up but not changing it up. That's, oh, yeah. that's the production lesson of, of, of the day. Uh, so yeah, so one of my one of my uh, favorite things is trying favorite. to guess uh, which genre Monty's gonna do this week. Is you know, it, is I it have really like hard? a, I have a multi, I have like multiple choices. Like, what have we hit? What haven't we done? Are we gonna repeat but a different version? You know, it's always fun for me. I didn't vote. I didn't pick metal this week. Uh, I picked rock again. So you know, I was almost right. It's like fifty percent credit on the question, mm. but not full credit. You know what it is? Like my, my my planning for it is, I try to have it revolving something around the show, which makes sense. Uh-huh. Uh, and I like if there's like a, some if there's just like a certain correlation to a song, or, you know, does not even a cover song that goes with like our top story of the day or one of the big stories of the day. Uh, yeah. And cover songs are just like they're guilty pleasures. Like they're either they're really really good or they can be really bad, but just as enjoyable uh, in a way. And uh, you know, I feel like it was one of those things where like we're gonna be talking some Mandalorian. Maybe some Star Wars, maybe some maybe. Disney today. A little, a I, little. I feel like there's some things, there's some things uh, to talk about, and of course, uh, those things will not be the latest episode of The Mandalorian. Respecting no. the embargo, we're not going to talk about the one that came out this past Friday. Um, we'll be talking about the one before, where uh, well, that's not even a spoiler anymore. Where uh, uh, Baby Yoda was baby napped. And yes. uh, some 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 figure named Boba Fett, uh, uh, you know, entered the scene. Made made his glorious, and I'm calling it this, his glorious premiere as and, an actual character. And you know what's really he cool? When he was on Big Kev, Big Kev, when he when he made his premiere, he talked into the microphone, not across the room into the microphone. Shut your mouth. <laughs> As I have one sandwich. I don't need another. You know what I like most about that episode? Um, 
when a certain shit blows up and then Hasbro is selling it as you a pulse fucker. item. <laughs> you fucker. <laughs> now here, here. And you would have had it too had you not had you said a Haslab item, it would have been perfect. Now this close, Tom. Now this close. Here's the thing. I think what we should do is we should just save all of the Star Wars. All of yes. the Disney stuff. Let's save it for the second half because, and we'll have like an abbreviated first half of the show because there's just that much to get to. Uh, I want to kind of make sure that we just kind of keep it simple. We have a voicemail from uh, West Coast Scott that we held off from last week because of our big interview yes. um, to save. So we can give it some proper time uh, for Kev to explain his actions, uh, basically. So, and give Scott his proper due. So there you go. Uh, but first, boys, uh, let's hit on some Patreon. We have patreon.com slash geeksoftng. For one buck, you can be part of the Discord where uh, I didn't get a chance to read it yet, but Sandwich's uh, grandmama, uh, I believe, roasted him. So I cannot wait to read that later uh, Bam. after the show. For $3 Worth month, the price of admission. For $3 a month, you get the show at a day and a half early, which is usually Wednesday night, and a sneak peek at the prep sheet. For $5, you get the weekend bonus show with... The Sandwich Shop. Which came out on a Wednesday this week. Which came out on a Wednesday this week, but you know, that's You okay. get the weekend bonus show on Wednesday. But it, yeah. I, I, I'm I busy with school. I'm sorry. I got finals this week. It's been a lot. Here we go. You know what I love, Big Kev? You know what I love? I love when it's like, hey, Dom, I understand, you know, school and everything. Just just text me. Let me know if you need me to do the show. So yeah. it gets done. And then I feel, I feel bad. You're right because I'm always going to make sure you that you should feel bad. Your your midterms you and your finals, feel bad. Your, your finals are not the priority. I've I've always said things well, like to, don't worry about school and drop out. To, to, to certain people on this show, my education doesn't matter. Am I one of those to people? Certain pe- no, no, I'm not saying any names in the big or small or BK variety. I'm not saying any names because that would I I don't want to put anyone on blast Just like me. that. We Just on me. this program are a family. And we all respect a family that we... doesn't talk to each other. I can't do the sandwich shop this weekend because I have finals. So, so, so we're like a family that doesn't talk to one another, like any normal family. We're, we're, we're the kind of family that was on uh, Jerry Springer. That's the kind of family we are. What weddings and funerals, weddings yeah. and funerals. Uh, besides the uh, hot mess of the bonus show, you also get a vintage episode of big Kev's geek stuff. And for $10 a month, you get the show live on the Instagram. Um, Dom, which... I have the results here. Oh. You are the father. <laughs> that, that was Maury. See, now now yeah. I'm going to run away from what am my I, room. What am I going to do? What, what am I going to What am I gonna do, uh, Mr. Monty? Am I going to dice these shows up into little groups? Just no. Saying, just They're saying. all the same show. I'm just saying. I thought you knew these kind of things. That's all. Jerry for- Springer did that. You did. You, who is the daddy thing as well? For- Boys, how about everyone stop so I can talk? For $40 a month, you also get to advertise maybe your business, a podcast, or a project, an item maybe that you're selling on Etsy. Uh, on the show, which someone is taking advantage of, uh, which we will start to talk about that uh, today. So I'm very excited about that. And you can drop that voicemail over at the GVM line. 201-730-2547. Thought I got him there. Thought I got I'm him. always listening. And you can hear yourself on a future episode of Give Geek Stuff TNG. Oh, I did it at the Big Kev's Geek Stuff. It's been a while. Um, all right, boys, we have a lot of stuff going on. And I think one of the first things I kind of want to talk about today 
is the whole Tom Cruise uh, uh, video that's going around or audio that's going around with him well, ripping into – hold on a second, Big Kev – with him just ripping into people about COVID. And, Dom, I'm very curious to hear what you have to say about it. About the hit, people not following. It's that time of the night. We turn on the black light. Let the dungeons and the dragons begin. It's D&D. Fighting with the legends of yore. It's D&D. <laughs> Dom, I'm sorry to interrupt you there, buddy. I really am. But we have some D&D news that we're hitting on right now. <laughs> and... <laughs> and and we need to talk about it right this very second because Chris Pine is in talks. Uh, uh, <laughs> the talks of D and D, guys. We haven't done this this bit in so long. A bit in a long time. And I, 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 I messaged Big Kev about it. I'm like, listen, there's before you, you know, you're there's going to be a bit of a psych out and big Kev obviously forgot as I was. I totally forgot. Right there. I didn't know you were going to do it right out of the gate. I'd have been more prepared. Uh, you know what? I figured that would make it more fun and more random for everybody. You know, if we're, you know, if we are going to punk him, we, we, we just need to be in better sync, but that's okay. As a first go, this was pretty good. You know what? For your for everyone's laughter, it was it was kind of worth it. But as I was saying, uh, Chris Pine is in talks right now. Uh, uh, to be a part, to star in the Jonathan Goldstein, John Francis Daly's Dungeons and Dragons, according to Variety. And I mean, Dom, you you like Texas this news like as soon as it hit the wires and everything like yes. that. I and either I figured you were one of the extreme, you were insanely happy or insanely ticked off by it. So which one of the 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 on the on the line are you? I don't know about ticked off, but. Why are we doing a D and D movie again? Because, I mean, the, wh- wh- what are you gonna do a D and D movie on? Because I'm pretty sure the last one they did back in like 2000 just fucking sucked, just sucked. They they've done they've done some since then, and that's that's the whole issue is you you just can't do a D and D movie. It just doesn't make sense. It's like that cartoon show. It was like the D and D cartoon it just didn't make any sense. You know, like, I mean, yeah, there's all the, you know, there's the characters and the the classes and all the, and by class, I mean, like profession, uh, you know, there's all of those things. They're all represented in there and, and, and all that, but it just never, it never works. And it's not Game of Thrones and it's not, you know, Lord of the Rings, uh, you know, it's, it's them doing a fantasy movie making sure that it fits within the genre of D&D and then calling it a D&D movie. Uh, uh, I mean, the last one had like Marlon Wayans in it as a thief or something. Or, or I, it, yeah, it's, yeah, horrendous. Absolutely horrendous. It, just, it doesn't make sense to me how this is going to cross. How are we going to, if if you just play footage from this movie mm-hmm. and you don't tell anyone what the movie is, how are you going to know it's D&D? Are they going to roll dice in the background so you know if they missed or they hit? Yeah. You know, how are we going to know it's a D&D movie unless you sat in the theater at the beginning and saw Dungeons and Dragons roll across the front of the screen? Let me ask you both Otherwise, this. it's just a fantasy movie. Do you, th- do you guys think that this would be better suited 
as like a uh, an HBO style show where maybe it's almost like uh, American Horror Story where after every season it changes the whole plot and the setup and the location and all that stuff. So you can't because there are so many different aspects of D&D you can hit on. Uh, where it can jump around from from different uh, classes, different situations, different settings, right. where it kind so, of is appropriate to be. It can literally be all over the place in a different season every single time. So here's the problem. Mm-hmm. It's not a question of of the formatting. It's a question of uh, – the it, it's a question of the genre and and trying to translate an ongoing story into that's being made up really on the fly into sort of an organized uh you know sort of chain of events it just doesn't work it's not D. it's a fantasy movie that they are going to ham-handedly shove uh, into uh, some sort of D&D framework so that they can use the popularity of D&D by slapping D&D in the title and hopefully drawing in maybe some of the younger uh, crowd who hasn't experienced the crappy movies that have come beforehand. Um, maybe it'll draw them in and this movie will make a little money. It won't. But that, I think, is what the prevailing thought is format is irrelevant because it's just a fan it's a fantasy movie or it's a fantasy series nick that's just the way it rolls you know but they're gonna put elements in it that they own their copyrighted elements they're gonna put those elements in because that will make it a D story and you know if you want to make a movie about D, you make a, you make roll for it a movie or that other one uh whatever it's called what is it called critical role you make you make a literally a movie of critical role you you take two hours of critical role and you put it in a theater that's a dungeons and dragons movie it's people playing dungeons and dragons otherwise it's a fantasy movie that they're they're just slapping D D on for name recognition so that's it it's been a dumb idea every yes. single time they've done it so the way I'm looking at this, you know, when you're doing a D&D story, you know, like there's twists and turns and there's things that, you know, the Dungeon Master doesn't plan for. There's things that just happen. And that's what makes it a good story. The idea, if someone is just like, it's hard. How do I say this? D&D is not a story where it's like, you can just read it and here's what happens every time. Like D&D is a story you make with your friends and you build in the group. So that won't really translate to a movie, I feel right. like, because how how are you going to actually translate the feeling of D&D and the idea of like twists and turns and like people working together to build something when it's just a fantasy movie? That's, if they had said exactly Chris, Chris Prine is starring in like a, a fantasy film, mm-hmm. any fantasy film, it could have just been like witches in dungeons, some witches in bars, I don't know, something. Fine. It doesn't have to be it, anything. It could be, you know, yeah. Dippo the adventurer goes for a walk. I mean, the the the, the point that 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 sandwich makes is is absolutely correct. I, you know, there's there's no point to make this DNA. I see what you guys are saying. Um, I just. I wouldn't mind seeing a some kind of D and D franchise in some capacity. 
Um, I, I know. Don't don't roll your eyes, Dom. I, but I understand. No, no, no. I understand. I, I wasn't trying to. I, I understand trying what to. you. I understand exactly what you guys are coming from. I'm at the point where yes, we can all we can all definitely agree that the the fran- the game D and D has just boomed over the last five, ten, fifteen years, whatever the exact date may be. Five and five ish years. Okay. Uh, I would like to honestly kind of see it take that next step the way with Marvel movies, like the way it did when the first Iron, you know, or Marvel comics, I should say, uh, right. when the first Iron Man movie came out and that just blew people away. I would like to see that the same. Um, Paramount, which falls under Viacom CBS, I would like to see it under the whole CBS all access um, uh, thing where it did it, it did a kind of style of American Horror Story where it released things, you know, it allowed you to tell a story over time and then you can change it up every year uh, or every season, I should say, where, uh, you know, you got something different. You were able to kind of, maybe you had someone who was actually uh, a narrator or something like that, I, I, you know, who actually felt like a DM in a way. Um, I feel like that would be a better setting than a one-off movie or franchise of movies depending on how they're going to do this item i imagine they're kind of keep comparing this to lord of the rings but i don't think it's going to have that kind of uh uh power at the exact same time because no, as, it, as dom it, says that's a straightforward story where D is in a good way all over the place you're 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 on the right direction though because the franchise that you're requesting or referring to exists in novel form true and you know what they are they're novels with specific characters set in a specific place, um, and the events that take place in that novel comprise the story. The only association with Dungeons and Dragons is the name Dungeons and Dragons, and certain selected copyrighted elements that only they can use in their fantasy novels, and they sue anybody else who does. So you're right that would be uh, any fantasy series would be a great fantasy series i think where dom and i are coming from and sandwich you'll correct me if i'm wrong is that it doesn't need to be D D. D D is purely name recognition to get butts in the seats mm-hmm. if you want to make a fantasy series make a fantasy series you want to you you want to translate some D novels to film or tv do it you know, but you you don't need to create all new content, all new characters, uh, and everything else, and then just slap the D and D moniker on it in order to make it relevant. That's fair. That's that's where I that's where I fall down on it. Anyway, you're not making a you're not making a D and D movie unless there's nerds sitting at a table mm-hmm. throwing dice and cursing at each other and uh, throwing pencils and graph paper and I guess minis and you know other sh- that's a D that would be a movie about you know you know Stranger Things you know the beginning of Stranger Things when they're playing D and D that's more a D and D movie or a D and D show. Uh, that that five minutes of showing them playing Dungeons and Dragons is more Dungeons and Dragons than any and all of all previous Dungeons and Dragons movies combined. Go find a movie called Mazes and Monsters. It's it, it's about I can't I want to say it came out in like 1980. I think Tom Hanks was yeah, in Tom it. Tom Hanks he was the guy who went crazy. <laughs> and yeah, it's about a D and D kid who who just gets lost in the game and goes nuts. The point is, is that's more of a D and D movie than the Dungeons and Dragons movies that have come out, you know, with that moniker on it. 
So that's that's where I fall on it anyway. And that is our D&D update for the week. It's D&D! Warriors that terrify. It's D&D! Okay, moving on. We have a few other... Um, I want to just hit on a few HBO things that are kind of going on right now. Um, da, 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 we have Wonder Woman. Uh, it is getting uh, Wonder Woman 84. The reviews are coming in, and it's getting gangbuster reviews right now. Saying mm. it's just it's an absolute another home run, uh, right out of the gate here. And I'll, why am I mentioning this? It even though it drops uh Christmas morning, December twenty fifth on the on the platform, uh, people say we never say anything good about the DC universe, and we want to point out here that the movie did great. Apparently, it's that's fr- not that's not true. What are you talking about? We I said w- the first Wonder Woman movie was really good. It was. I believe what I said. I said I absolutely said the first Wonder Woman movie was good. And not only yeah. that, what I said at the time was, and I, I maintain that to this day, that it was kind of like being the valedictorian of summer school. Oh, okay, however you want to put it. People give us a hard time through. because we don't say any... I, I see what you're saying. People give us a hard and, time because we don't say anything nice about this DC universe. And, and now we're pointing out how it's doing so wonderful. Or, and, or this franchise is at least... And, and I said I had a good time at Aquaman. Yes, but I want to keep the yeah. train rolling here, buddy. I want to. I'm just I wanna, saying. I want to. I want to throw some more. You know, put some more. You know, I don't know what a good comparison. Well, we, we I want to keep the ball rolling. I want to make. You know, I want to highlight the goodness in this case. I understand, but you know, but you know, but you know, Mr. Monty, life is like the yin and the yang. You know, when comes the good reviews about Wonder Woman and we're very excited to see Wonder Woman, I feel that I must interject that the other day I posted on our Facebook page, which you should go check out, backslash Geek Stuff TNG. (laughs) I posted an article that says that with the overwhelming demand and popularity of the Snyder Universe films coming to HBO Max in their new format. Well, now Batman v Superman. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Is is going to get the retreatment as well. Yeah. So now we're going to have to endure that Martha shit <laughs> all over again. <laughs> I just don't, I don't know what to do with They're So it is literally, you know, can I compare it to something? Please. It's literally, it's literally Trump with the election. Our movie was great. The movie didn't fail. It was awesome. It was, it was the biggest movie of all time. Let's, let's get politics was, here. <laughs> I'm just saying like, it's the comparison is inevitable just based on the way that they're acting. You know, they're acting like this great movie was stolen from them and destroyed by Joss Whedon, which, by the way, I posted an article about on Facebook as well. Apparently, that investigation is over and actions are taken or being taken with Joss Whedon and whatever. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I posted an article about it. The point I'm making is, though, it was not a great movie that was stolen and made crappy by Joss Whedon. It was a crappy movie that was made and finished. Uh, and made presentable by Joss Whedon. You didn't like the way it came out? 
that, okay, but that doesn't mean you're going to spend billions of dollars putting it back and then trying to retcon the shitbag film that came before it. Yeah, it always sounded like uh, Joss got like yelled at for the way he put uh, lipstick on the pig. Exactly. That that's kind of how I exactly it. Well it. <laughs> done. Well said. Yeah. Um, well said. I mean, li- I mean, listen. All I I I'm not going to comment about the whole re-edits or all that stuff. All I'm going to say in terms of the new, like the fresh brandy brandy new content, is the fact that um, it feels like you know the DC movies have a good streak going right now. They did good uh, with these two movies. They did good with uh, Shazam. They did good with uh, Aquaman. And you know, I just hope that I, I hope that they continue putting out you know just good quality movies. That's it. That's and then and say. then Suicide Squad comes and shoots this plan directly in the Dom. Nate. Dom, I'm trying to be optimistic here, Dom. <laughs> and then <laughs> and then and then and then and then if that wasn't bad enough, Birds of Prey came and shit on Suicide Squad. All right. Uh, uh, so so there's and that. then and then and then and then <laughs> and then they all get Snyder cuts. <laughs> All right, let's let's move on to some other HBO. Uh, the only thing, just to spotlight real quickly, is that uh, Chappelle show is being pulled off of HBO Max uh, yes. per Dave Chappelle's request. Um, this is a long, ongoing story where basically, when Chappelle uh, originally signed his contract, you know, streaming was the thing uh, way back in the way back whens, uh, and the fact that they were able to post uh, his show onto the platform without his consent uh, or even just having an open conversation with him. Uh, really ticked him off. Uh, and I believe, don't quote me on it, he also didn't get a dime off of it as well. Um, I can't remember that part. But you know what? The fact that, um, I mean, this is a little of an ongoing thing, but the fact that uh, they the two sides reached an agreement, probably so HBO didn't get any more bad publicity of, off this, is uh, uh, a nice thing to see, at least right there. So, so um, I watched a video Dave Chappelle put, he doesn't really post on social media a lot, but he posted this thing on Instagram, like an 18 minute video of him talking about the HBO situation, how, you know, he had signed the contract and he was like 20 years old and they offered him a lot of money. He just signed it away. And then Netflix had put out the Chappelle show and he went to Netflix and said, Hey, I'd appreciate it if we didn't have the Chappelle show on here. Uh, I don't like it. You know, something like that. Like it, it gave him sour, sour grapes. So Netflix took it off, no problem. And then HBO just throws it up there. And he put out this whole thing about bo- him saying boycott Chappelle show, boycott HBO. Like it was a whole thing. And the video, I think it's still on his, his Instagram, last I checked. Um, he like deep dives into it. I <laughs> I didn't hate HBO, but I was like just pissed off for him that, you know, this guy, he's my favorite comedian of all time that this guy has to deal with. You know, someone just making money off of him and he has no control over that whatsoever. Mm-hmm. It's just I, a shame. This shows can that I just can I just play just... devil's advocate here for a moment? Uh, sure. And and what I'll add to what you're saying there, Dom, is well, you know, he was you know, he was he wasn't twenty, he was in his twenties, I think. Mm-hmm. I actually think he's older than was older than that. I think he was in his thirties when Chappelle's show happened. The point is, uh is that you know they they offered him a, a dump truck full of twenties and he signed away on it? Well, the valuable lesson here is, don't sign shit unless you know exactly what it means, because 
I think it's great if someone decided to respect, uh, uh, you know, his request and and take his program off of a, 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 a of a of a service or a platform that it previously did not appear on. I think that's really great, and I think there's a humanity about that. But big business is not about humanity, you know, and and that's why if HBO if HBO owns that show or the rights to that show, they want to put it on their platform and Dave Chappelle signed those rights away. We do we need a break, Mr. Monty? Everything wasn't being recorded, but it is now. I'm dying. Go on. Jeez. I was hitting the cough button. I'm just saying. The point, the point is, the point is, is I, I, I understand both sides of this. Yes. Dave should, Dave Chappelle should be allowed to, you know, uh, you know, p- perhaps uh, decide the destiny of his artwork and that being the Dave Chappelle show. But he decided that destiny a long time ago when he signed that contract. And so if they choose now to do whatever it is that they choose to do, put it on HBO Max or something, from a legal standpoint, they're well within their rights to do that. That's all I'm saying. All right. Well, if you were in Chappelle's shoes and someone was posting Big Kev's Geek stuff, you know, the early episodes, and they were making money off it and you weren't seeing it time, you know, I'd be ticked, but did I hold it? Did I sign a contract 17 years ago saying, well, you will give you this dump truck full of twenties now, but if we decide to use your shit later, we're going to use your shit. And I signed that contract. Yeah, no, like I, no, I but- would be upset. I wasn't making the money. Yes. Would, would I, would I have a viable beef based on the fact that I had a dump truck full of twenties uh, 15 years ago when I signed that contract? No. That's consequences. I get it. I get where you're coming from, Sandwich. I agree with you. And that's why I said I wanted to play devil's advocate, which okay. means yes. yeah, I know. that, you know, I'm saying I understand there is another side. There's a flip side to this coin. Mm-hmm. And you have to at least understand and respect the fact that yeah. from the big business it's, it's, perspective. It's a binding contract and you can't yeah. just cry about it yeah i don't agree i yeah. don't agree i don't agree that that's the way that anything should be handled mm-hmm. however i'm not the person holding the contract yeah that's all no, I'm it's, saying. it's just like i don't know because i like the guy so much and i've seen yeah. like he, he talked he's talked about several times like he wasn't happy with comedy central and he left the show with like 50 million sitting on the table because yep. they weren't treating him right and all that stuff so, you know, I just feel for the guy because like I grew I love Chappelle's show. I still do to this day. If I can if I can watch it, I do, you know, through the proper channels, through Dave Chappelle uh, approved channels. And um it's I always laugh when I see the clips because they're funny, it's timeless. That's so I just feel bad for a guy. <laughs> Is Wayne Brady about to hit a bitch? So uh anyways. I just, like I said, he's my favorite comedian of all time. He's hilarious. I was watching his clips literally today while I was studying, trying to just like mellow out so I could focus. He's a great guy. I support it, but please I get what you're us, saying. Please tell us again how we're abusing uh, your 
educational goals while you're watching Chappelle. Not watching, listening. Oh, I'm sorry. While you're listening to Chappelle while you're supposed to be studying. Big big Kev, when I'm studying, you know what I listen to? Maybe some maybe some like jazz music, something that's like background. Something calming, something not distracting. What's distracting? I mean, Big Kev, let's be honest. He's he's studying for these exams. You never say anything about trying to pass these exams. I'm just. Oh, hey, listen, listen. Whatever gets me mellow gets me mellow. Okay. You don't okay, want to listen okay. to smooth joking, jazz? Listen I'm to joking. smooth jazz. I'm joking. I'm joking. Let's move on. I just boys. feel like the assaults on the sandwich's character. Listen, I wake up just like you and I put one loaf on one leg, one loaf on the other. All right. I'm doing the best I can. All right. Listen, we're in quarantine. One... It's all slippers right now for me. I, I haven't put on pants loaf. in months. Um, one loaf? One, one loaf. loaf? One How loaf? are you putting yeah, a whole, whole loaf on? A whole loaf. I hollowed out the center. All crust. All crust. He's doing one of those jokes. Uh, really quickly, boys, I want to hit on uh, two products before or two items really before we hit uh, break. Um, if you go to waxworkrecords.com, uh, they're coming out with a subscription um, kind of 15-month box uh, surprise box set kind of in a way. What they're doing is they're coming out with vinyl records for some great horrors. Um, uh, movies, which includes uh, Killer Clowns from Outer Space, one of my favorite uh, movies and the first one that scared the bejesus out of me as a kid. Uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre Part 2, which is not that good. Uh, Bloodsport, Carrie, and one of my all-time favorite movies that was shot in Patterson, New Jersey, which starred Brooke Shields, Alice Sweet Alice. So oh. it involves, uh, has vinyl records, like I said. It has hoodies, t-shirts, some pins, enamel to- uh, pins. Um, Really great stuff, and you know, for what you're getting for the price, it's about two fifty, all things considering. Um, I think you know, if 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 it didn't have Texas Chainsaw Massacre Part Two, I probably would sign up for it. But I mean, it's a very very uh, nice setup, and if you look at the other stuff that they have on their website, it's a pretty good deal all in all. So just something to put on your radar if you're a vinyl fan, or if you're a big horror fan to have in your collection. And also, uh, it was announced that there is going to be a new Evil Dead video game that is going to Ooh. come out uh, sometime in 2021. It's going to be across the PS5, the Xbox, the, the, the new PlayStation, the new Xbox, uh, PlayStation 4, Xbox One, and supposedly the Nintendo Switch, which is kind of cool. Uh, and Ash, I mean, uh, Bruce Campbell, rather, will be doing the voiceover as a young Ash. And, nice. Um, it looks like Evil Dead 2, but it has like a few extra characters like Ash's girlfriend and one of the, I believe it was one of the characters from Army of Darkness or made it look like it was from Army of Darkness, um, who's going to be involved. It was just a one minute kind of teaser trailer. Uh, no, it was more than a teaser, I should say. Uh, but uh, yeah, it was more of a reveal trailer. And I mean, I loved it. I am going to buy this game. I'm, I'm going to buy it for PS4. I'm not going to bother with a PS5. Um but yeah, and it looks absolutely amazing. So put it on your radar because the the PlayStation Two uh, Evil Dead games uh, were pretty freaking sweet. Uh, I loved playing those old games. Uh, the PlayStation One game was trash, um, but yeah, it's uh, it's some pretty good stuff. And you know what? Put it on your radar. I always heard uh, uh, sandwich because I know you're a big Commodore 60, uh, 64 fan. Uh, I remember I, I remember reading something about there is a Evil Dead game for the Commodore 64, but it was only released in like okay. Europe or something like that. 
and I've never oh, really? actually seen it, but I would the love Commodore to sixty four. Hey man, I love that Commodore sixty four. Man, I love that. Right shit. next to yes. the right next to the Trash eighty. I, I also remember the Commodore sixty. You numbers. you don't remember the Commodore sixty four, sir? That came well. You came after Windows ninety five, so I don't want to hear it. Um, <laughs> yeah. Oh, and it's snowing pretty good right now too. Uh Big Cap. Um, why don't you? throw it to break right now uh, since we have so much stuff to talk about and in case the power goes out. <laughs> and with that, no, I'll, I'll do it a different way. And that is our first segment for the episode. <laughs> After these messages, we'll be right back. Hey, Geek Stuff listeners. It's West Coast Scott here. Did you know I do a podcast with my lovely wife? Say hi, Brittany. Hi. Tell them about our podcast. We do a weekly podcast where we talk about travel, conventions, Disneyland, and our growing family. It's called The PieCast because we got married on Pie Day, and it's available wherever you find your podcasts. You can also follow us on social media. At Pie Day Family. And my new Twitter handle is at Pie Day Scott. Check us out. Okay, here we go. I'm James Hatton. And I'm Podcast Rob. And we're the Something Something Cast. We're a pop culture podcast that chats about movies, comics, TV, music, video games, and a whole lot more. Check us out at our home at somethingcast.com. And also on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, and other fine podcatchers as well. Proud members of Hashtag Potter and Family and ACPN, the art, comedy, and pop culture podcast network. Build your own X-Wing. Skywalker's legendary Red 5 Starfighter from the Star Wars Saga. The X-Wing is recreated in stunning detail in a massive 1 to 18 scale and comes complete with remote activated working lights, R2-D2 motorized wings, removable hyperdrive opening cockpit, and a magazine full of fascinating facts, plus an amazing step-by-step assembly guide. You will also receive a free binder, power pack, and bookends model space. Hey, good afternoon, gentlemen. It is a West Coast Scott here at Pi Day Scott on Twitter. Just calling to follow up. I joined the Patreon feed on Friday from Knott's Berry Farm, and it sounded like Kev was not a fan of Knott's. It certainly isn't the greatest uh, amusement park in the world, but, you know, we're under lockdown. There's not a lot of options to go out to do these days. I would love to be out at Disney, as Kevin suggested I should be, but, you know, Disney's closed, and, in fact, California's going into a new lockdown stage. So the reason I was at Knott's, they were having something called a Taste of Knott's Merry Farm. So it was an outdoor eating event where you could stay socially distanced and try some different uh, themed food items, kind of like the Food and Wine Festival that Disney has from time to time. So it was just an opportunity to get out with the family. If you're more interested in some more details about that, check out the latest episode of the podcast. Uh, where Brittany and I go over all the details of our trip to Knott's Mary Farm. But anyway, it was just something to do. I'm very thankful that we have a great podcast like Geek Stuff TNG to help get through the lockdown here and the pandemic in California where things are getting worse. Um, but anyway, just thought I would check in with you guys. I appreciate all that you do. Hope everybody is staying safe and healthy. And uh, we'll talk again next time. This is Pi Day Scott, out. Live from Studio M, the sandwich shop, and Big Kevuna Studios, it's Geek Stuff TNG. During our commercial break, you heard from our amazing sponsor, BuildXWing.com. This model is a 118th scale, making it the only fully scaled, fully detailed X-Wing ever made for use with your three and three quarter Star Wars action figures. 
This X-Wing features many amazing details like the Proton Torpedo Bay, working engine lights, and a light up R2-D2. You can add your own boops, bops, and beeps. The S-Foils open into attack position. The laser cannons simulate firing and the engine lights power up all by remote control. We recommend you take them up on their do-do-do-do-do-do premium offer. You get 118 scale hanger accessories to create a detailed display of your X-Wing, including crates, tanks, personnel, transporter, landing lamps, fuel pump, ladder, as well as several static figures, including ground crew members and even Luke Skywalker himself. When you sign up for your subscription each month, in addition to your parts of the model, you'll get four full color magazines featuring instructions for the parts you've received, fascinating articles about the original models used in the movies, and more. You can collect these great source materials in a free binder, which you'll receive as part of this subscription. As a fan of collectibles, you may have seen models like this online or at shows or conventions. I don't need to tell you the price tag can be quite high. The genius of this system is that you're paying a little each month, as well as having fun putting it together yourself. You can check out more info over at buildxwing.com or reach them by phone at 877-544-6779. Check them out today. And I would like to add on the fact that we have a new sponsor for the show, uh, the one and only Graveyard Gallery. Now, this is a, uh, a store that I've mentioned before on the show, but now, uh, you know, it's just kind of, you know, was just visiting uh, before, uh, but they heard about the show. I told them about it. Uh, they like what they heard. So they're going to become a new sponsor on the show. The Graveyard Gallery is a lovely retail shop that is uh, tucked away in Butler, New Jersey. You can find them online as thegraveyardgallery.com and also for Instagram and on Facebook. Um, what do they have? They have um, new horror collectibles that come out. They have old vintage stuff from way back when. And my favorite part is they have kind of like created created own Etsy um, uh, creations at the exact same time. So you really have like a perfect trifecta um, of this store. Now, the owners uh, is a young uh, couple that run the store right now. And they are just phenomenal, just very helpful, very kind of like laid back, chill. Like they want to help you out. They want to, uh, you know, kind of help you out with your collectibles. There's tons of created own t-shirts that they also do there at the exact same time. And um, yeah, they're just really phenomenal. Now, yes, it's easy for me to say that as a uh, um, uh, horror fan to say that about the store, but it's really worth checking them out because they have stuff that's still for Christmas. Uh, there was some talk about having some stuff for New Year's at the exact same time. And all in all, just a lot of fun. If you like movies in general, you should go check it out because they have a lot of great vintage stuff um, and, and kind of like sideshow stuff at the same time that you may be interested in. Maybe a bit scary for our young sandwich, but I think for the greater good, I think everybody else will really get a kick out of it. It's the Graveyard Gallery. They're on Facebook. They're on Etsy. They're it's uh, Instagram. It's really worth checking out. These guys post a lot. They cho they post often, and uh, it's uh, a great retail store that I cannot recommend enough. Also, next to a really lovely Mexican place, and the tacos were just mwah, phenomenal. So, um, go get some tacos. Go buy some scary shit, and uh, check out the Graveyard Gallery, and uh, you will not be upset. Um, what it upsets me though, is the fact that I think we've gone all this way and we, I don't know if we actually named the episode, 
at this point, or even when, oh. even when a number, even though it's plastered on someone's podcast player uh, at this point. But uh, this is episode 616, the one, the pre-show temporary name is... 617. 617. Oh, is that what I, what I say? Yeah. You said 616. Ah, okay. Well, Which well, I can't blame you because that was an incredible episode last week with Stephen Banks and Tom McLaughlin, but we are in fact in 617. 617, the uh, pre-show temporary name was uh, Not Such a Small World After All. So we'll see if that sticks uh, at this point mm. and uh, go from there. But uh, Big Kev, we also had a voicemail from the one and only West Coast Scott for you to address, sir. So uh, yeah, what are your so, thoughts? Yeah, so a couple of weeks ago, uh, West Coast Scott um, joined us live as a patron, joined us live while he was at Knott's Berry Farms in California. Now... For those of you that don't know, Knott's Berry Farms is uh, is an amusement park of sorts. And um, I have to say, I did go there once. I wasn't really that jazzed or impressed. However, I was not a child, nor did I have children. So I did not take when I told Scott to go back to Disneyland. Uh, I did not take into account that Scott and his lovely wife, um, they got they got a kid, right? They got one kid, two kids, two. ten kids. I don't know. Two, two, two. They got they two, got uh, at uh, least one, a son and a daughter. Two. There you go. So they got two kids, and you know, to get the kids out of the house during the pandemic and during the lockdowns in California to get them out and to do something fun for an afternoon. Scott is totally correct. Um, and I didn't consider it from that perspective. So I will apologize to West Coast Scott for giving him a hard time about Knott's Berry Farms. I still am not so big a fan of the the park, but if my my buddy Scott had a good time there and my buddy Scott's wife had a good time there and my buddy Scott's kids had a good time there and my buddy Scott's <laughs> sister-in-law happened to be there. And, you know, I just wanted to say, Hey, um, I would be overjoyed that that occurred. And he's right to, he's right to call me out on it because, you know, I considered it only from my own perspective and not from his. So, well done, West Coast Scott. This is why we keep you around, keeping us grounded. Indeed. Uh, so we'll thank West Coast Scott uh, for that voicemail. And you yourself can leave a voicemail that dresses down any member of this program, uh, asks questions, makes comments, something you'd like to hear us talk about, something you have thoughts on that we've already talked about, or if you just want to say, hey, give us a call at the GVM line. 201-730-2547. Very good. And you may hear yourself on an upcoming episode of Geek Stuff TNG. Hot damn. Uh, now, gents, we have a lot of stuff between Star Wars, Disney, uh, to wrap up right Marvel. now. Marvel. I'm going to begin with some, uh, semi. we'll call it semi-breaking news at this point that was uh, just released. Uh, involving it's all of D &D. this. No, 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 no. Oh. I feel like we might need to have a Mandalorian version of that, though. But uh, it was just announced that uh, Star Wars, The Mandalorian, the making of season two, 
The show will start streaming on December 25th. Oh, oh, I'm so in that. Ooh. It's not even funny. I'm sure you are, sir. So uh, the, it says here, The Mandalorian Disney Gallery, The Mandalorian returns with a brand new special, Making of Season 2, streaming December 25th on Disney+. Plus. So uh, that's something. That and Wonder Woman. That's my whole Christmas. Yep. Uh, so lots of great <laughs> content now um, for Christmas for folks to enjoy. Uh, because let's be honest, we're going to have a bit of Mandalorian withdrawal pretty soon. So uh, we get to have that uh, uh, available to us. So, uh, geez, where do we start here, guys? I guess let's continue just talking Mandalorian right now. The That episode. I can only yes. imagine, as I watch that episode, I'm like, wow, this is great. I can only imagine what you guys, as as true Star Wars fans, were reacting to that. I can only imagine the the reveal and the whole time, you know, with Boba Fett and everything, and just the the overall uh, ending at the same time. It was just to, to say it was a holy shit episode. Uh, you know, would be not, an understatement. Not so we get so deep into it as to you know, as to run the whole episode because there's so much to talk to. But from my position, uh, the character premiered uh, really for the first time in that episode of The Mandalorian. Mm -hmm. Because for 37, 38, whatever the hell years it is at this point, I don't even know, 40, whatever the, what, 41, whatever it is, when they first introduced this mysterious bounty hunter character that supposedly had all these weapons and was this huge badass and then did nothing for an animated Christmas special. The second and third movies did nothing. What did he do? What did he do in Empire to gain the, you know, to, to earn the reputation of being this badass weapons, bounty hunter, dude, with special armor? He did nothing. And in Jedi, he's he was killed, air quotes, by someone accidentally hitting him in the backpack. That character premiered on The Mandalorian two weeks ago. That was the Boba Fett many of us have been waiting 37 to 40 years, whatever the number is, to see. He was a badass he was, I mean, and before he even put, you know, like the armor on, <clears throat> he's swinging that gaffy stick, and like you see in chunks. Oh yeah, of stormtrooper helmet come oh, off. Oh yeah, that was. And I then, thought that was I, a little brutal for Disney Plus. Just want, just I want thought it was perfectly there. brutal for the character that we've been waiting forty years to see him fight anything. Nothing. Comic books. You know, like he fought, you know, live action fighting. We haven't seen him fight anything until two weeks ago. And he was, he finally earned the reputation that they gave him way back in the day. And then, and that was, he had a gaffy stick. And then when he had actual weapons, he was a fucking badass with them, short shooting and all. And then, well, no, I can't get into that. I can't get into this week's episode. Nope. But the the premiere continued this past week. So we'll leave it at that. But, yeah, 
it was it was an amazing it was an amazing 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 episode and uh historic for star wars people it's historic and just seems like almost on a weekly basis we're getting historic uh, uh you know uh reveals and tie-ins and you know all of these things they really have taken that marvel lesson really well we're going to integrate fucking everything and they should and i'm glad of it so there we go that's 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 what i thought of the episode i mean i i phenomenal my my reaction was um beyond all that it was if you remember, Big Kev, right before they released the this latest season, you were saying like when there was the trailer, like you wanted more. Like it didn't the trailer for the for season two didn't really tell you anything or reveal anything or anything along those lines. And you know, I look at it kind of like a, in the same point from like my my point of view on that, where they just need to give you like a little taste. They just needed to give you like that oh shit moment. He walked out. He did a you know some really cool things like at the end of that episode, and that was it. Yeah. Uh, because the fact that he 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 came out and just you know cleaned house, and the fact that he was just there, like you know, in his proper attire, uh, is enough. Now they can do the final uh, episode of the season. He can go all out. Uh, you know, when he he's in other properties, he can go all out as well. But it was just enough. Where all that's really all they had to do was just say like, hey. He's back after all these decades. And to me, that was enough just to, for excitement and, and for the craziness. Um, you know, just to kind of uh, get everybody going and talking about it. Because again, it was a phenomenal episode. And I just love the pacing of this season at, at, in general. I think it's just really good where it's setting everybody up, some storyline, like the highs and the lows and everything. Uh, and I, I just thought it was a phenomenal episode. And uh, I mean, what are we in? We're says. But, but, but we're probably like, what 14 15 episodes in in total so far between season one or two i think so something, something like that like something that, like yeah. that and they're just phenomenal i mean obviously some episodes are a little bit bigger and better than some others like with more action and storytelling but my god these things are just absolutely phenomenal and um you know it and i am not a star wars fan so that says a lot right there i'm i'm nowhere near as uh young sandwiches Yes. Um, you know, just to reiterate what everyone's been saying, a phenomenal episode from start to finish. You're engrossed in the episode. And I think we've talked about before on this on this program, you know, it's only like 30, 40 minutes per episode, but it doesn't feel short. It doesn't feel too long either. Mm-hmm. Like it's it's the sweet spot of content where it's like it doesn't need to be in an hour and a half episode i'd love it if it was i'm not saying it can't be because yeah. is perfect for me but i think where they're at now 34 minutes an episode you know all the hits it's fantastic beyond that just seeing seeing boba fett come out you know the, the suit's all dirty he's blasting it's phenomenal as a kid you know obviously you know we've all been kids and grown up with star wars monty aside you know it's a little different because mm-hmm. he, he's late he's bloomed later into his uh star wars uh <laughs> sure. enjoyment but you know i grew up you know with the toys with everything i love star wars i always thought boba fett was cool you know just because i was a kid it's like oh cool he's, he looks got cool armor mm-hmm. but to see it on the screen and just see the like badassery that he just had in my mind before I even knew anything really about Star Wars. Just a kid who liked movies. To see that finally hit the screen was just incredible. And um, 
I'm happy with everything in the episode. Uh, I don't want to bring up certain aspects of the episode because I don't want to make Kev upset. Uh, maybe that's for something else later. But once again, phenomenal, phenomenal. And I'll say it once again, phenomenal. I am happy most, though, episode aside, because going into season two, I was worried about the sophomore slump. If like, you know, season two, what's that? Well, this season exactly. Nope. I, I don't feel a slump. I don't want to say it's better because I hate to say one season's better than the other. I'll say it's better. It's better. I, you could say that. I'm not saying you're wrong. I just don't like I just don't like saying it. But phenomenal. Phenomenal from start to finish. Uh, uh before I comment on that thing that you're you're poking the bear about, uh uh <laughs> I I do I do just I do just want to say that, um, you know, the, the way that they have handled the sort of rollout of that character of Boba Fett, the way that they've done it was brilliant because they could have just went overboard right from the top. And there is some criticism about the way that they're handling Boba Fett because nobody thinks Boba Fett should be a secondary character. And so, you know, again, I don't feel he's earned that reputation not to be a secondary character, but he's certainly well on his way, you know, and I think that's something, I think that's something that, that we can agree with. I mean, I mean um, the, show, the show's called The Mandalorian, not The Mandalorian and Boba Fett. I mean, no, but what I mean to say is you know, that it's one thing to show that he's alive, where uh, for years he, I mean, for years he was alive only in books and comic books because there was no live action stuff for him to appear in. Yeah. Um, but to show that he survived that and to show that he's still in the universe and then maybe down the line, they do something with the character is one thing, but making him this sort of second on this show, at least what seems like will be temporarily, um, I has has some tongues wagging with regards to the fact that he should not be treated as a secondary character. Something I don't generally agree with. I mean, because he's, you know, on film and in canon, which means all the stuff that officially happened to that character stopped when he fell in that Sarlacc pit 40 years ago and now has picked up again two weeks ago in the Mandalorian. So there isn't like there's anything again that happened in that time period that should have raised his profile as this badass character, but at least he's on his way now. Now I'm going to mention the fact that yeah, Hasbro is a bunch of dicks, <laughs> but big Kev, what did they do? You know, they made they, so, I, again, I'm just going to get the broad strokes here. Hasbro has HasLab, which is their crowdfunding uh, wing, I guess, thing that they do. They crowdfunded the Mandalorian ship, the Razorcrest. They crowdfunded. It was some, I don't even, it's some ungodly number. Maybe Nick could look it up. I think it's like 26,000 people or something went in at 350 a pop. Jesus. Um, in order to get this ship, this has been going on for a while now, right? The, the funding period has come and gone. The, you know, and before the funding period even started, there was the announcement. All of that stuff happened. And Hasbro knew that 
they were going to blow up that ship this season. They had to know that that was going to happen. They had to know, which again, brings me back to the point that I've made about HasLab and about this particular project or the direction the projects are going in. That HasLab was created to support projects that do not work at retail for size or price reasons. Um, not only is this the lead character ship on the most popular Star Wars uh, um you know, representation, program, event, uh, franchise, whatever word you want to use. It's the most popular thing in Star Wars in years. And that ship would have easily worked at retail at 350. And we actually have proof because the Millennium Falcon worked at 400 literally right before the, the Razor Crest was announced as a HasLab project. Target sold through multiple times $400 big Millennium Falcon, which was the old one from 15 years ago, rebranded for, for the Disney parks. And they sold, they sold it through multiple times, which means a ship that size at that price works. So it didn't need a HasLab on top of which... HasLab was created for projects that are maybe a little bit more niche, a little bit larger, a little bit more pricey, and things that we're just not going to get if we don't get them by HasLab. This ship didn't qualify. And then on top of it, they knew 14 episodes into this program, that ship was going to blow up into a billion pieces. But Kev, let me ask you this. Does that part yes, really sir. does that part really matter with the blowing up? Because and let me ask you this. There are Star Wars products that people have purchased when if it's a character, a, a ship, a tool, whatever the case may be, where it's only on screen for like a split second. You're told you're hundred percent so right. What's the difference between something that's been on for fourteen ish episodes versus something right. that's only been on there for, you know, a frame? Basically. It it really you're right you're right because it, it, they have put things on that have only had they've made products that have only had a couple of frames totally true however I think the difference here is twofold one it's a lot of money mm-hmm. and two it 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 represents exactly what the problem with Haslab is which is why are we getting this ship. A the most uh, the the ship of the lead character of the most popular uh, Star Wars impression out there, and not uh, 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 why are we not getting a one eighteenth scale X wing? Why are we not getting uh, a a a U wing from Rogue One in at least a decent scale? Like there are things, Nick. How about a Cantina playset? like a legit cantina playset, uh, like that people have been asking for for years. Why are we not getting that? Why are they doing stuff that, you know, after 14 episodes, having the thing blow up and you've dropped 350, and don't get me wrong, I mean, there are people, there are Star Wars completists who love to have it. There are Mandalorian collectors who will love to have it. It just seems like the hubbub that they made about the ship 
and they knew it was going to blow up. I just don't, I just don't, I think if they knew they should have chosen something else is basically what I'm saying. Okay, let me ask you one And then more. they should have put out a cheap shit version mm-hmm. at like a buck and a quarter, you know, big, but not as, maybe not as detailed, maybe not all the play features and other nonsense that they stuck in. Um, maybe it doesn't have those things. But it's out there. People can have it. And, it, you know, even though it was only in for 14 uh, episodes, you know, you're only, what are you in, 85 to 100 and a quarter rather than 350? I don't know. There's just a whole lot about it that just smells. Well, let me, let me ask you this. Just one more kind of like caveat to it. Yes, sir. Because the season one came out around the time of Rise, The Rise of Skywalker. Uh, I think it was actually right before, maybe. Uh, but after, I think. Okay, well, regardless, uh, I mean, people weren't liking the Disney Star Wars movies up to this point. They weren't. They yeah. weren't feeling them. So, right. uh, is it fair for Hasbro to say, like, listen, things have been a little dicey right now because it's new ownership of the franchise. Yeah. They're they're about to launch a new up a new television sh- a, you know new streaming show. Right. So maybe we should be a little bit cautious because so far they haven't proved to them that they know what to do with this franchise yet. And then subsequently, it just became an absolute, you know, success. Yeah. And so what? Do I think that should have altered? Do you think do you think that the the fan reception up to that point with Disney owning Star Wars had something to I do don't think... with with I the see way where, they I went? See where with I don't think the Razor Crest was considered until after Mandalorian was already a huge hit. And I think they decided early on in the Mandalorian, we got to start pumping out. And that's the reason there was no Baby Yoda toys for how long after the show premiered. There were no Baby Yoda anything for months and months and months because they would not allow Baby Yoda to be seen because they wanted to save that image. I think the Razor Crest was being worked on at that time. I think the whole thing was was happening during that period. And because they have to consult with Lucasfilm on everything, they had to know that ship was getting blown up in episode 14. And they pushed ahead anyway, rather than going back and doing something, you know something classic, something vintage, something we didn't get uh, or that collectors didn't get but really want. And the list, uh, you know, if you ask 100 people, Mr. Monty, you'll get 300 answers as to what was a better product to make than a ship that lasted 14 episodes. Okay. Again, I'm I'm not favoring Hasbro. My opinion. I'm not favoring Hasbro or anything like that. Oh, I I know. I'm just trying to like look at the the situation from a different angle. Devil's Advocate, episode seventeen. Devil's Advocate. I feel like that's too that's too scary to have that kind of title. Um, listen, there's a lot of stuff that we still need to get through, so let's kind of just shoot through all these bullets right now. Um, all right. Let's kind of just focus right now because we're talking Star Wars. Let's kind of focus within the the first wake up sandwich. The the Lucas film. Um, of of content here. So Disney Plus is getting two new Star Wars shows, uh, both spinoffs from The Mandalorian, uh, The Mandalorian, Rangers of the New Republic, and Ashoka. Uh, three shows are planned to feature crossovers in the future as well. Um, I so, mean, The Rangers, so, I think that just makes perfect sense. It's going to feel like a Western, it feels like. At least to me, it does. The, the Rangers are like special forces 
uh, what's her name? Is a ranger. Uh, Cara, Cara Dune. Yeah. Is that her name? She's a, she's that's what she is. Um, that's what she was, I should say. Um, so yeah, that's really great. Ahsoka, I think, is a fait accompli, meaning it was inevitable that it was going to happen because I feel like she has become the most popular character mm -hmm. in Star Wars in quite a long time. And she has a lot of things under her belt to support that. Clone Wars, Rebels, now live-action Mandalorian. Mm -hmm. uh, so she's become a very important character. And I knew when they signed Rosario Dawson that they weren't doing just Rosario's going to do a one-off appearance in an episode. I just knew that that wasn't going to be the case. I knew the Ahsoka show had to come. Yeah. yeah. So, I'm yeah, and I'm that. glad of it because it looks like she's hunting. Uh, 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 what's his name? Uh, Thrawn. Thrawn. Thank you very much, Sandwich. Uh, she's hunting Grand Admiral Thrawn or whatever his rank is in, 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 uh, in canon. And, you know, the rumors are already flying about. Do you know who they want for that, Mr. Monty? I do not. They sir. want... They want Cumberbatch. Ah. The popular, uh. you know, request is Benedict Cumberbatch as as Grand Admiral Thrawn, which would be bloody perfect if they did that. I don't so, know. Yeah, I don't know lots of one. great, lots of great stuff to look forward to. But can I be honest? As excited as I was about those, at least I saw a trailer and footage from the Bad Batch, which was a, yes. which is what I was going to say next. And phenomenal. I cannot wait to see that show. It looks amazing. Uh, it really does look like all the best parts of Clone Wars and Rebels, like made into a show, made into a different individual show. So I'm really excited about that. Uh, I'm going to go through the list here. You boys interrupt me if you want to chime in on something because there's just so freaking much to try to get to. Yeah, let's just uh, let's just have uh, let's just each share an opinion about it. Star Wars. Just, just and, one sentence. Sure. Star Wars and our uh, and or starring Rogue One's Diego Luna is coming to Disney Plus in 2022. So prequel series to Rogue One being done by the guy that did all of the Bourne movies. And Cassian Andor is a rebel spy. So just put those two elements together. How is anyone not watching this show? It hasn't come out yet. When it comes out. <laughs> Uh, after that, we have The Acolyte, a new Star Wars series helmed by Russian doll creator Leslie Headland, set in the yeah. High Republic era of the franchise, which is coming to Disney+. Plus. Yeah, I don't know anything about this, but I hear that show Russian Doll was really good. I haven't checked it out yet. And she must have some chops if she's going from something like Russian Doll to a Star Wars TV series. So I'll be looking forward to hearing more about that. I definitely uh, feel like the next one will get some good, interesting comments. Hayden Christensen is returning as Darth Vader in Obi-Wan Kenobi. I'm going to leave that one to sandwich. So as someone who grew up on the prequels, um, I'm very excited for this. The prequels are my personal favorite because like I said, it's oh, my childhood. So I'm very excited for the prospect of this. I never thought he would come back to it, the role. I figured he was kind of done with it. 
I'm happy he's coming back. Um, I'm excited that it's going to be in an in the Obi Wan show. So I'm I'm very excited. Like I keep saying, I know when I read the first when I read it the first time, I like read it like five times over. Like Hayden Christensen comes back. Hayden Christensen returning. Hayden. I had to like look at it in the light. Like it, it took <laughs> time to like really process the fact that Hayden Christensen is coming back for Darth Vader. Is this? So the, I'm is, very excited. Is this it, the it, bit of news that made you excited the most? Um, in the Star Wars bit, maybe honestly. Okay. okay I'll in the Star that. Wars, not to say that I wasn't excited about other stuff, but like I said, from my childhood, it's very exciting for me to see someone return to a role that you know. I I saw Episode Three in theaters as a kid. And I was like, oh, my God. Well, first of all, uh, when they killed the kids, it kind of freaked me out. Uh, spoiler alert for an old movie, oldish movie. Uh, and seeing him in the outfit in, like, the birth of Darth Vader is like, that's so cool. So now seeing return to that role for me is very exciting. Good. There are a couple of, there are a couple of problematic com- comments made. Um, one is that Kathleen Kennedy said it will be the rematch of the century. Now, from a canon perspective, that can't be. Yeah. Because they, when Obi-Wan goes into hiding, the next time presumably anyone hears from Obi-Wan is when whatever happens in the Kenobi thing happens. But I don't think that he and Vader meet up again. What I think Hayden will be doing is providing flashbacks to when he and Obi-Wan were fighting in the Clone Wars. That's what I think. Well, I don't think we're going to see this great matchup again between Obi-Wan and, and Anakin or Darth Vader. I just don't think that's... Well, so So they, they say he is coming back as Darth Vader. So yeah. anything I could see being like a fifth element thing, well, where like the hero and the be- villain never see each other. But they're yeah, just always could, fighting against each other. Totally. It could also be he's hunting, you know, he's hunting Jedi. What if he what if he gets a notion that Obi-Wan is alive and so there's something involving that? Yeah, of course it could go that way. I would yeah. rather see the flashbacks, maybe even to some of the things that they covered in Clone Wars, but mm-hmm. now done live action. That yeah. would be really that it'd would be, be a treat. It'd be like, awesome. Like having Ahsoka appear. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. live in the clone wars era with her master who is anakin and his master who is obi-wan so there's a there's a lot of things that i'd really like to see them pull off having scored hayden christensen him back in the black suit no don't care probably will happen maybe in some fashion it's all that other stuff though that really is interesting will really be interesting to see uh, Go let's ahead, Monty. Move on. We have a, a droid story, a new project for Disney Plus that will feature a new hero alongside R two D two and C three PO. Um, I don't know. I don't know if that's going to be a kids thing or what, but um, yeah. I think it will be. Yeah. yeah. Uh, we also have uh, Star Wars Lando, a new event series coming to the platform. Which this is something we kind of hope that I believe we said that last year or last season that we hope that there's going to be a Lando uh, a show coming out. So that's just fantastic. And well, also, there's so go on. You go, Kev. No, you go. So I'm saying event series. Is that like one of those crossover things? No, doing the Arrowverse or no. An event series is a one season show and then it's gone. The same thing with Obi Wan. 
they're going to come in. They're going to do however many episodes the series is going to be, and then they're out. And that's the same with Lando as well. It'll be 12, 15, 18 episodes, whatever it'll be. It'll be one season, and then it'll be done, which I get and I understand. But if they don't have uh, Aiden Eidenreich appear in there as Solo, they're just stupid, you know? And secondly, I think it should have been called the Lando Chronicles because in Solo, he literally is recording the Lando Chronicles himself. So why would you not call it the Lando Chronicles? That That is a decision I don't understand. Um, but I am looking forward to seeing it. Uh, Nick? We also have a Star Wars Visions, an upcoming anime anthology series. Uh, yes. As well. And that wraps up the Star Wars um, do you know what that is, that Visions? I do not. Did you see the Animatrix? I know of it. It's the same exact idea, but for Star Wars, which is basically a number of animated shorts um, on varying topics in Star Wars, and they'll cram them all together. They'll probably be about 20 to 30 minutes long. You'll get one a week and so on and so forth. They'll be a little bit longer than the Animatrix. Um, but that's that's the idea. Just one-off stories animated in the Star Wars universe. So, uh, yeah, we, I actually really look forward to that. We also have, uh, in terms of movies, Wonder Woman's 1984's Patty Jenkins will be directing the next Star Wars movie, Rogue Squadron, due out December 2023. Yep. Uh, we also now, Rogue, yep, sorry, go on. Rogue Squadron is a pop was a popular book. Comic book, maybe a video game, not sure. It is an actual thing, though. So it's not Patty Jenkins is not creating something from the ground up here. This is a, something that's already established. What they're doing is, again, they're taking that expanded universe content and bringing it into canon. That's what they're doing. Very exciting, though. Patty Jenkins, uh, you know, coming off of two, what would seem to be two great Wonder Woman movies. Um, Firmly has her feet in in the geek genre, so yeah, Star Wars is. I'm looking forward to that as well. And they teased the uh, the Taika Waititi uh, movie, but there was really no other details other than that. And in terms of just the Lucasfilm umbrella, uh, it's worth uh, mentioning that there's going to be a quote unquote final Indiana Jones film, which is currently in production, set to be released in July 2022. And for someone who loved Indiana Jones. I am not excited for this whatsoever, but I'm going to see it anyways because, yeah. as South Park mm. phrased it, they raped them. They raped them in that last, uh, yeah, that last yeah. movie and after their triumphant return from Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. Yeah, yeah really. they, yeah. I'll be honest with you. Um, it has a lot going against it. No Spielberg at the helm. You have James Mangold, who is a good filmmaker. If you saw Logan. You know the man can make a movie. Um, so it has, what, 79-year-old Harrison Ford trying to give it one more go. And this is not a knock against Harrison Ford. But I'm just saying, like, I, I wonder what this film is going to be based on some of the elements so far that have come together. And you did forget one thing under the Lucasfilm uh, umbrella, sir. Did I? What would that be? That would be the Willow TV show. Oh, my mistake. You're right. 
Yeah, the Willow. So uh, for 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 people who know, George Lucas did try to make other content in the 80s. It was a movie called, or the 90s, no, 80s. Um, it was a movie called Willow uh, with a very young um, uh, Val, Kilmer. Val Kilmer, Joanne Wally Kilmer, who was his wife at the time, I think. 88, there you go. Ron and uh, and of, What's that? Ron Howard directed it. Yes, Ron Howard directed it, right. It was a, an early Ron Howard film. Um, an earlier one, I should say. And uh, and it starred, of course, uh, Warwick Davis as uh, the great saucer Willow or whatever the, the moniker was. Um, and uh, yeah, so they're going to do a sequel series uh, on Disney Plus to that movie. So they've been kicking that around for a long time, too. So I'm, I'm glad that that's moving no. forward. Uh, let's jump over to Marvel. Uh, the latest thing that they announced is there's going to be a new show called Marvel Legends, which will be debuting uh, January 8th. Uh, they're going to be coming out right before WandaVision, where they're, what they're going to do is they're going to uh, showcase individual characters of the MCU. And probably not surprising to many of us, the first two will be Wanda Maximoff uh, and Vision. Uh, for the first two episodes, right before uh, WandaVision kicks off. So you know what? Like, this is going to be... Uh, uh, I would imagine it's going to be kind of like a nice intertwine of where they are in the MCU. MCU. What do they do maybe in the comic book? Uh, just to kind of give someone like a Wikipedia kind of breakdown it, of a character. Yeah, it's a primer. Yeah. It's a primer. Yeah, it's it's a primer for for people and kids and things who maybe have not gotten into the MCU before, mm -hmm. but now are going to start getting into it because Disney Plus and so on and so forth. So yeah, it's yeah. a good idea. Uh, with that, we also got another trailer for WandaVision, which will be uh, uh, coming out January 15th. Uh, so excited for that. We also have uh, a new trailer from Falcon and a Winter Soldier, uh, which is set for a March release. Uh, again, we have another trailer, this time for uh, uh, Loki's show uh, with Tom Hiddleston, which is set for a May 2021 release. So lots of good stuff there. Um, mm. Hawkeye. That trailer oops, was phenomenal yep the loki trailer was phenomenal go watch it if you haven't it's it, I, it was it was mind-blowingly good i'm mm -hmm. so excited about that show uh we also have hawkeye premiering on disney plus late fall of 2021 uh the studios confirmed that Haley steinfeld will be appearing in the series uh yeah bit of controversy Bit of controversy. Yeah, I don't there. know much about her, but in terms of the actual uh, Hawkeye comic books that they're going to be referencing in this series, or supposedly be referencing in this series, um, amazing comic books. I think that Matt Fraction did, if I remember correctly, yes. and they were just uh, marvelous books. The the my favorite uh, uh, storyline was when they had one. I think it was over three episodes, uh, three issues. Um, the point of view from the good guys, the point of view from the bad guys, and the point okay. of view from the dog that uh, was kind of intertwined in the whole story the whole entire time. And it was just a hysterical, fun, original read. So I very much encourage people to check that out. Uh, back to this, though. Look, um, the, mm -hmm? the controversy, if we could just mention sure. that really quick, is the fact that they have recast the role of his daughter with Haley Seinfeld. Uh, uh, Steinfeld. Whatever. Is that what Steinfeld, they did? Thank you. I thought she was supposed to be Kate Bishop. No, I think she's the recast daughter of Hawkeye. I'm sure of it because they had 
they had the girl who played his daughter. Like she just, she, after the, I think it was a day or two after the announcement, she went on her Twitter because she was getting blown up on Twitter with people saying, boo, they shouldn't have recast you and so on and so forth. And she said that, you know, she really, really appreciated everybody's good wishes and so on and so forth. And that she hoped that she would have some, maybe something else to do in the Marvel universe down the road. So, oh no, wait, hold on. Yeah. Cause I'm reading stuff and hold on. Or is it the girl that, it, oh, no, I'm sorry. It's not, you're right. I apologize. It's not the Haley Seinfeld. It's the girl who plays Cassie Lang. The girl who plays um, uh, Ant-Man's daughter in Endgame, the grown-up version, mm -hmm. that character is going to be fairly significant in the next Ant-Man and Wasp movie um, as she moves towards being, a, a, you know, a young hero herself. They've recast that role. I'm very sorry, guys. I, I, I got those confused. Um, but yeah, no, no controversy about Haley Steinfeld. It's, it's the Cassie Lang character, uh, from Ant, the Ant-Man and the Wasp, um, which, uh, they announced the title for the third one of those too. It's Ant-Man and the Wasp, uh, Quantum something. Mania. Yeah. Quantumania. Right. Yeah. So, uh, let's, so let's continue. There's going to be uh, a what if animated series. These are just like the comic books with, uh, different scenarios, of certain Did you see lines. those? I think mm -hmm. it looks phenomenal. I love the style. Unbelievable. Peggy Carter yeah. as the super soldier. As the super soldier. I'm all about it, man. Okay, I'm wait. all about it. Uh, Faggy also announced that there's going to be an Ironheart uh, series. This is uh, Riri Williams. Inevitable. Yep, we kind of saw this coming. Uh, Marvel Studios uh, also talked about Moon Knight, She-Hulk, Miss Marvel, um, and Captain Marvel 2. Uh, let's see. We also have uh, Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special for Disney Plus due out to 2022. Uh, and also Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 directed by Gunn and set to release in 2023. Uh, let's not roll over. Let's not roll over that holiday special for two reasons. One, because James Gunn is also writing and directing that. Mm -hmm. And two, because they are shooting the holiday special while they shoot guardians three and they i can't remember if they i think they said the holiday special would come out during the holidays and then i think the movie comes out subsequently thereafter what i think is also hysterically funny about that is they're doing a campy holiday special that's brilliant Mm -hmm. it's brilliant it's right out of the star wars playbook it's like the it, it, it they couldn't be and and gun doing it and all that man that couldn't be more exciting and more fun more fun i can't wait for that i'm really excited even if we're only going to get this much more of guardians of the galaxy with this crew with this director we're only getting one more movie supposedly and now this little holiday special I'm glad to be getting it. I'm just going to say and that. And you're also going to be getting a short film uh, starring Groot called I Am Groot. So just, yes. just a little cherry on the top there. Uh, in terms that's, of their movie – oh, I'm sorry. That's actually Baby Groot. I hope it is Baby Groot. That movie's that's a great. Baby Groot movie. We, need, yeah. we all need more Baby Groots and Baby Yodas in mm -hmm. our lives. Um, <laughs> in terms of movies, uh, it was announced that for Black Panther 2, they will not recast 
Chadwick yeah. Boseman as T'Challa. I'm very okay with this. I mean, that's talked a tough call. There, that's a tough call to make. What was that, Tom? I talked about that in the sandwich there, shop. There you go. It's a very tough decision to make. I'm glad they made it, actually. I think this is the right way. There's a lot of great characters in that franchise. Uh, I don't know how they're going to work it around, but I think it's the right call. Um, and They're not going to recast... They're not going to recast T'Challa. There will be a new Black Panther, but it maybe. won't be. It just they're not going to they're not going to take another actor and make him T'Challa. There will be a new Black Panther, and everyone is speculating it should be Shuri. I don't know if that's the direction that they want to go in. And if and if I'm being honest, I didn't. Didn't we talk about this? I think at one point uh -huh. I said. What if he married Lapita Nipongo's character in secret and she's technically like the queen in secret and it comes out that they're married and he dies for whatever reason, he becomes the leader and the new Black Panther. I think that's, I think that would be an amazing way to, to transition that story. I'm good with them working around it either way, to be totally honest with you. Um, and honestly, my favorite, probably my favorite announcement that just almost brought a tear to my eye uh, is the fact that they showed a little four-second logo teaser of a new Fantastic Four movie. And yes. it just made me so incredibly happy, guys. Yes. I'll be so oh, honest. Oh, my gosh. I'll be so honest with you. It just made me so thrilled because I'm like, we're going we're gonna to get new Fantastic Four. That's so good. Go so on. I wanna I wanna pull back the curtain a little bit. The first comic book I ever read was a Fantastic Four comic book. Okay. When I was a young, so I've always liked the Fantastic Four because that was like my my gateway drug into superheroes and comics and stuff. So to see them actually do like a half decent Fantastic Four movie is just gonna be phenomenal. Fingers just, crossed. I I have very high hopes, yeah. and I think I I think they're pretty well you know we're in good hands because like i you said a million times if they're gonna do something we know they're doing it right because they haven't yeah. really had a dud yet but i've also said a million times take nothing for granted oh so, no you know, just because it's in the mcu you know the inhumans was part of the mcu i know but it <laughs> Saying. It's it's different though. I feel like I want it to be different. Don't it curse, is. Don't curse it's, it with that. You're, no, no, I'm not. And you're right. It's different because it's a tentpole event film, and Inhumans was a shitty replacement season replacement show. So you're right. All I'm saying is, couch your expectations until we start hearing and seeing things. I want Emily Blunt. I want her husband, John Krasinski. John Krasinski. I want those things. I I want the fact that we've been getting teased Ooh, about it forever. Want I want those things. We all want that. So, um, listen, I'm not going to go hit on all the Pixar and the National Geographic stuff, or else we're going to be here for another hour or so. Um, <laughs> other than dinosaurs, there was a lot up. of great stuff and in, Disney and dinosaur categories. Yeah. Uh, the other, the only other thing I'm going to mention a few other highlights about the streaming service is that um, they're going to be raising the price of um the service uh coming march 21st it's going to go up a dollar to 7.99 per month um it's also they're going to offer um disney's new bundle will offer an ad free hulu disney plus and espn plus for 18.99 uh per month starting hmm. in january so pretty soon 
the platform also surpassed 86 million subscribers as of December 2nd. Um, and Disney is going to, I think this is very interesting. Disney unveils Star, its Hulu replacement for international Disney Plus subscribers. And also where they're going to put some of the, um, we'll call it like the edgy Fox uh, uh, movies. Like the, you know, Logan, the Deadpool, the, the Die Hard right. kind of stuff. Uh, onto that platform because we were kind of wondering what was happening to there, um, which is going to be, I believe, it's going to be kind of happening all at different times throughout 2021. So there's no real time there. Um, but um, there's going to be a lot of content coming out over the next few years for all of these platforms and everything like that. Right. And, uh, you know, at a time when who knows, like, listen, even if a vaccine is a success and everything, it's people are going to be leery in terms of, you know, going out their house, going to theme parks going to, you know, um, movie theaters. So going crazy like this, which, you know, has been in the works obviously for a very long time is just, uh, the right move and a fantastic move on Disney's part. Um, but boys, we are, uh, way into the show right now. I think it's about time that we wrap things up at this point. Um, you can catch us each and every day over at GeekStuffTNG.com. You can check us out, GeekStuffTNG, over at the Facebook, the Instagram, and the Twitters. Uh, you can find me online as Monty's Mayhem, M O N T E S M A Y H E M, on Twitter, Facebook, Snapchat, Instagram, LinkedIn, Yelp. I'm all over the place. Uh, Big Cat. <laughs> uh, you can find me on the Xbox One Nation as Big Kev GS. And I am BK Geek Stuff everywhere else, I think. Beautiful. Dom. You can find me on Xbox One and Instagram at Fat Dumbledore, F-A-T-D-O-M-B-L-E-D-O-R-E. Never not funny. <laughs> I, I, I know, Never I not funny. I don't want to live in a world where it's not. Uh, and with that, Big Kev. With that, Mr. Monty uh, and Mr. Sandwich, we will... Bring uh, this episode, episode 617. Yep. The Devil's Advocate. To a close, the way we end some episodes by saying. Good night, OG. Wherever you are. And on that note, we cue the music. So long.